found it. This is the Tidbits Podcast with Dale Lau and Matthew Paul. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. It is a hump day edition of Tidbits. Wednesday already, the 20th day of September. And here we are. Good morning to you, Matthew. Why, good morning, Dale. No moisture on the windshield today? No, no. nothing. That's no, pretty dry. good way to get things started. Yep. Always like to be able to just get in and go. For sure. Don't have to wipers or use your defroster or anything. Nope. So far, so good there. Anyway, this is a um, a story that makes you, again, glad you're in an area where rattlesnakes are not <laughs> common. Oh, jeez. This is a poor Amazon driver listed in serious condition in the hospital after she was bitten by a highly venomous rattlesnake in Palm City, Florida. The driver was delivering a package in the Highlands Reserve community when an eastern diamondback rattlesnake coiled near the front door bit her. So you're, wow. you're delivering your package and tsh, there it goes. Man. She walked to the door but to uh, put the package down and was then struck by the snake. Didn't see it there. Jeez. The driver immediately became ill, called out for help. She was taken to a local hospital where she was in very serious condition. Eastern diamondback rattlesnakes, which are highly venomous, are very common in that area. Man. So it's an area I'd like to stay away from. Oh, uh, yeah. What would you do? I mean. And they're so fast. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're by yeah. She probably didn't even see it. Yeah. I just uh, poor girl. But hopefully she'll be okay. You know, it's like in this neck of the woods. Do we even have the venom, antivirus, whatever right, it is stuff? Right. You know. Wow. And then have you ever seen how expensive it is? That's <laughs> terrible, isn't it? It's, why? It, why is everything overpriced like that, man? I don't know. You know, you get your prescription. You know, and many people have, you know, discounts or whatever, but it's just unbelievable how much stuff is. Uh, the cost of antivenom <laughs> can vary greatly. The typical initial dose of four to six vials can cost between forty and $70,000. Gee whiz. The cost per vial is uh, eleven to $13,000. Wow. It's because it's expensive to manufacture. Okay. There's not much demand for it. No, but when you need it, you need it. And how long does it stay good, I wonder? Yeah, I don't know. Does it expire? What about the old-fashioned pull out your pocket knife, make a cut? <laughs> you know, does that work? That'd be cheaper. You, know? uh, you, you would think so. You see that on Westerns? Those guys seem to survive. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Billy, I need you to suck the venom out. I don't know. Is that, That's terrible. Is that... Can you suck the venom out of a bite? Okay, here we go. Oh, there's a funny texture. Cost of a vial is vile. Oh, my gosh. All right. <sighs> do not. It says do not. <laughs> do not suck out the venom. Do not apply ice or immerse the wound in water. Okay. Do not drink alcohol as a painkiller. <laughs> okay. 
You can't do anything for comfort. So why we see it on the westerns? They just cut her open and you know they slurp it out, spit like they're you know. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you're really getting it out of there or not. Once it's in the bloodstream, right? Um, let's see here. The uh, cutting or cutting off the blood by damaged nerves and blood oh, vessels no. lead to an infection. Oh. Poisonous bite requires antivenom. Okay. And emergency treatment. Victims should be taken to a medical center as soon as possible. Okay. More and than 7,000 Americans per year are bitten by venomous 7,000? That's a pretty good number. Most attacks occur when people go after the animals or try to handle them. <laughs> That means you're in a national park. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, hey, guys, watch this. (laughs) You're within 50 yards, and you're you're not supposed to in the national. Or depending on the the park, it could be 50 feet. Right. (laughs) Nausea, weakness, other symptoms of a poisonous bite usually set in after 30 minutes. Experts say the chances of survival are excellent as long as the victim reaches a medical center within a few hours. (laughs) Okay. This is important. All right. After a bite, victims should stay warm. Stay warm. Okay. And which that shouldn't be a problem because snakes are usually. Right. They're, you know, they want to be. They're cold blooded. So they like the heat. So. Um. (laughs) You and the snake curl up together. (laughs) Assume the three dog night position. That's right. It's going to be a cold night. (laughs) Oh, let's see. Uh. Keep the wounded body part below the level of the heart. Okay. So I don't know where she was bit. I'm presuming maybe the arm. I don't know. But who's looking for a snake on somebody's porch? You know, you're delivering. You're, you know, you're focused. You just want to, you know. Most delivery people I see have their, have their earbuds in. Yeah. And they're just like, they, they throw it down, take a picture, do their little thing. (laughs) Never tell you, we got a, we got a, um. We had a delivery one time, and the dude that, that dropped it off, yeah. you know, I happened to come outside right when it came, and um, I had to help him figure out how to take the picture and upload it. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, I don't understand this. Can you? I'm like, all right. I think we, so we figured it out together. I think. <laughs> I might be able to get by with that. Even me. Yeah. Okay. So uh, he must have been uh, brand new. <laughs> he, you may have been his first customer. I might have been. I don't know. And you helped his training. Yeah. So good for you, Matthew. It's um, just about 6.30, so we'll break here. Poverty rate. Okay? Something you don't hear a lot of poverty. Yeah. You know, back in the day, you lived in the poor house, if you, <laughs> you know, which is where my future, if it were... 75 years ago would be going to the county home. Okay. That, Those are still a thing. Poor old Dale. Those are still a thing. Would not here. We lost ours, didn't we? Uh, I'm just saying there's still a thing elsewhere. I'll have to move. You have to move to a to different where county. There's a county home. It has a county home. And then, uh, you know, I can be a resident and, you know. That's right. Share a, a restroom, perhaps, a, you know, a shower house. <laughs> I think Howard County has one still. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to talk poverty. When we come back, it's it's on the increase. Oh, my. All right. So we'll uh, do that and more when we resume with Tidbits.
This is Tidbits. It is a Wednesday edition of Tidbits as we are back. And uh, I was just outside. A nice start, 54 degrees. It's very pleasant. The poor farm. The poor farm. You know. What is that? Monopoly still has the... uh, you know, even their funds are higher than our our pay. Mm. You know, but <laughs> you get you inherit money, you pay this, yeah, you uh, owe that. You go to the poor farm. <laughs> the poverty rate in the United States increased last year for the first increase, first in thirteen years. Wow! In twenty twenty two, the poverty rate was twelve point four percent. Up 4.6% from 2021. That, according to the Supplemental Poverty Measure, there's always something for every <laughs> SPM, which looks at government programs and tax credits designed to help low-income families. The expiration of pandemic programs, including refundable tax credits and stimulus payments at the start of 2022, led to that increase, it says. Mm. The poverty rate among children saw a sizable increase more than doubling from 5.2% in 2021 to 12.4% last year. Dang. Now, that's kids. And even in this, uh, in Logan Sports Schools, and I don't know what the numbers are, but I know that the free or reduced price lunch is yeah. better than 50% of the populace. Over half. Right. And I, I'm not sure the exact number. I mean, that tells you you've got some issues. I mean, that's a right. lot of kids. You that, know? I mean, it is. It is. I can't believe it's gone up that much yeah. that fast. That's crazy. Don't you feel it, though? I mean, I mean, it makes sense, but it's just, you know, it's hard to wrap your head around that. I certainly feel like I'm poverty riddled. <laughs> of course, you know me, Matt. Poverty you know? riddled. <laughs> Did you read there, what was it, a week ago, I think, maybe, the Brady Bunch house sold? Yes. $3.2 million, although they paid far less than the asking price. It was like $5.some million. Anyway, the uh, purchaser was artist Tina Trahan, and uh, now that Tina has the place, she says that it has no actual working appliances. <laughs> Didn't you check that out? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you try? Doesn't everybody turn the stove, you know, like towards the, you know, the burner? Are you supposed to? Well, you're in there looking around. <laughs> okay, you do whatever. Hey, get the toaster out to make sure it works. <laughs> run, run a little laundry real quick. <laughs> she said without uh, hesitation that she has zero intentions of ever letting go of the property, even though none of the appliances are in working order. So she bought this as a, like an Airbnb. She thought she was going to make some dough, you know. Mm. Who doesn't want to stay in the, in the Brady house? Actually, people redid it to like over a year or so ago and made it just like it, you know. I mean, yeah. the actual house was only shown from the exterior, you know, in the mm-hmm. series. But then they turned it into what would have been what they used as the props yeah. for the actual production to make the house look like that. So you could spend overnight in Alice's room. You're in there, you know. Oh, boy. She says, when I was buying it, I wasn't thinking. 
oh, it was a great investment. When I buy art, it's because I love the art. It's not because, oh, I'm going to make money on this. No, you don't. If you're going to make money in art, you have to sell it. I buy art and then I don't sell it. Good for you. She added, never will I ever touch one thing in the house. Mm. I was telling someone, if you even bring a flat screen TV into the house, it's no longer the Brady Bunch. So you've got to have the two and a half ton console. Yes. Yes, you do. (laughs) That sits on the floor. (laughs) Why did everything have to weigh so much? I don't know, man. (laughs) You've got these huge television (sighs) screens now that weigh hardly nothing. Yeah. And back in the day, (laughs) you know. The only reason you you need someone to help you is because it's kind of awkward. Yeah. And you don't want to drop it because it's, you know, 65 (laughs) inches or whatever. But back in the day, you had two and a half tons of walnut uh, wood in there. That's right. <laughs> took, took three guys and a hernia belt to get it in the house. It was terrible. It was. You know? Uh, Heavy gadgetry, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and they were built to enhance the appearance. Well, they were built to last. <laughs> they weren't disposable like things are now. They were huge. Yeah. And they weighed a ton. So I know I saw in that story she planned on. Did you ever know anybody that had a big screen TV back in the day? That would. No, I I mean, like, you know. No, a projector. I remember seeing one of the first projector screens. Yeah. And they were. Like projector TVs. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it it, it wasn't wasn't that fabulous to watch. Right. (laughs) But I know back then that was the thing. And do they still make the, what was that called, the the stuff inside of them? Plasma. Do they still make those? I don't know. Because they'd wear Cause everything, out. Everything's LED now. Yeah. I mean, everything's, I mean. Because if you left a plasma on forever and a day, never shut it off, yeah. it'd, it'd yeah. crap out. Um, my, my friend Chad, he had, they had a, uh, gosh, I want to say a 45 inch, something like that. And it was, oh, it, was felt, it felt massive. I mean, that TV just felt massive, you know. I mean, like at home, we had a 27-inch, you know. <laughs> and it was like, oh, this is good. Yeah. You know. And now the, they... The, the monitor I have at my desk is 32 <laughs> inches. And that's a monitor. And that's okay. a monitor. Like, that's that's what I use to do work on every single day. And, and look how light and easy it is to move. Yeah. Those, the ones you have, I think these are... And they're pretty good sized. I think that one's 24. Yeah. But, you know, your TV at home was always there. And then just this huge area of wood yeah. with a speaker or yes. two. Yeah. And then if you really had the elite set up, you could pop the top open and yes. have your, your, your hi-fi. Your record player. <laughs> if you were super duper, you would have an eight track built into it. Yes. And it all weighed roughly 697 pounds. It was heavy. Yeah. If you did a, you know, if your mom asked you to help move stuff in the, mm-hmm. in the house, you better be ready because, you know, nothing was light. My mom inherited her, her grandma's upright piano. <laughs> now, who, who wants that? Okay. My mom. So, <laughs> I mean, for real, I remember when we moved into our house, it took, I mean, it took legit six guys. <laughs> To, to get that thing in the house. It was, 
It, it was heavy. She didn't want it in the basement, did she? No. No, it was in the living room. <laughs> My dad had this humongous, it had to weigh six million pound <laughs> pool table in his basement. There you go. Yeah. It was, you know, like the big ones that uh, Paul Gurney plays on, the, yeah, one, yeah, yeah. the one at the church. Yeah. Heavy slate. Mm-hmm. Uh, how on earth did anybody get that down there? Did they build it down there? I mean, did, did they, like, <laughs> assemble it? Bring it out in pieces? I, mean, I, they, I don't know. I don't know. But I just can't imagine. Were dudes that much stronger back then? Or were they just like... <laughs> well, he didn't have that from the first time he moved in there. He got that eventually put in. Right. And it was one... Nobody ever uses it. No. <laughs> no. You should have just put in a foosball table and called it quits. <laughs> you know? But it was huge. Yeah. And I don't know how they ever did that. And that, when they moved out of that house, I don't know hmm. what they did. But right. um, it had to weigh a ton. Do people that have pool tables, do they use them often? Well, somebody like Paul, you know, I think he plays daily. Right. But that's, I mean, that, that's. But his, for most of us. That's his livelihood. Like, I mean, well, that's. you think, you know, you're, you know, you, you think, well, that'd be cool. It's like having video games. Right. You know, the old arcade games, not the, you know, okay, yeah. at-home version. Right. You wanted a Pac-Man machine. <laughs> okay, so you, you wanted pinball. Sure. You know, I mean, you wanted all those things. And then once you got them, people weren't entertained by them when they came to visit you. My friend Steve had a pool table in his basement <laughs> and a pinball machine. Did you play? All the time. Okay, see. But that it. was only when I was over there. I don't know if Steve played. Yeah, probably not. When I wasn't around. It's just, you get that stuff, and then it's just, most of the time, just turns. It's like getting your workout equipment. It turns into a clothes holder. <laughs> Our pool table is in the basement, and I use it to store things on. <laughs> we've, we've had it for over 20 years and only played on it about 10 times. There you go. What a wise investment. <laughs> it seems like the greatest idea on earth. Yeah. At the time. Well, we'll get a pool table. We'll have my friends over. Yeah. We'll throw back a few, play some pool. Have the game on. And it just... Never happens. Yeah. You know, and it just, uh, you know, I know in Dad's case, they really didn't ever do anything with it. It was right. just there. But they didn't hardly spend, except for gatherings, any time down there anyway. Yeah. And then, you know, you're getting elderly, and that's a great, you know, got to go to the basement to do your laundry. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just... Uh. It's just... You know, when you're mobile, things. Oh, yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, but you don't. You, you got. My come. wife is already forward thinking. She's okay. like, she's like, you know what? We're gonna need to get a, a one story house. See, because we're not getting younger, and I don't want to have to traipse up and down stairs. I'm like, that's a good call. So our next house is gonna be one story. Okay, a ranch. I hope. Oh yeah, make it lovely. Oh, it'll be a. And be ranch. sure to you know have a a game area. Make sure it's like. Five or six thousand square feet. Okay, so <laughs> you know because it'll be. It was like those two. You know, my dad and, and his wife. Once everybody was out of there, it's like here you are. Yeah, and it's yeah. like gee whiz. Yeah, but um, some mom and dad's house was too, except they had two stories. Well, I could uh, get my house all fixed up for you. That'd be perfect. Thanks, buddy. We'll look into that. Here's a. Uh, we'll, we'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> Price is right, Matt. I know. <laughs> I know what you paid for it. So here's <laughs> here's a four year old pit bull mix, 
who broke a Michigan State animal shelter record. Now, I guess they keep records of this. For the longest stay. They really? say nearly two years before it was adopted. Man, two years. Kimmy. <laughs> it says Kimmy Gibbler's new owners. That's Kimmy Gibbler, name. that's her name. Kimmy Gibbler. <laughs> that's from what show was that? That was uh, Full House. Full House, yeah. yeah. That was the annoying neighbor girl. Yeah. Kimmy Gibbler. Are a Lowell, Michigan-based couple named Jay and Carol Sherwood who heard the animal's moving story and decided to meet her. The pup was rescued from a dog fighting ring before having uh, arriving at the HSWM and her face bears scars from that ordeal of being a fighter. Hmm. New owner Carol said Kimmy's a bundle of energy. <laughs> we know what that means. <laughs> She's tearing up your water pipes. <laughs> your water pipes. No. And yes. is settling into her new home well. Now, you would think, they say she's four years old. And again, do you know the age of a dog by like like a horse? You look at their mouth? Yeah. Is yeah, that I, how you know? I I would assume it would be... Or is it a rough guesstimate? Probably a rough guesstimate. Yeah. You know, it's probably probably how, how big they are, how active they still are. Yeah. You know, are they still feisty? Are they still running around? Or do they run around for a while, then take a... Take a snooze. Okay. So you're you're going through the age cycle of dogs right there. Yeah. So you could throw out one. Just watching a dog for an hour. Yeah. You could tell us. That dog's about <laughs> four and a half years old. <laughs> because it ran around and took a snooze. <laughs> <laughs> I would think at four years old, you'd be out of the chewing up stage, wouldn't you? Would you? Would you? Wow, you would think so. But I don't know. But being a former fighter... Isn't that kind of scary? You would think so. But um, I don't know. She, I'd just be careful what you did with her. I mean, especially if she was accustomed to that for any length of time. That's mm-hmm. She whiz. And here we go. Finally, Matthew, the happiest age. Which age are we the happiest? And there are several here. Okay. You're happy until age nine. Then what? The weight of the world hits you at age nine? Oh, I tell you what, inflation is killing me. At nine, you're about a third grader. Okay? And then after that, you're unhappy until you hit 16 to 70. So, do you remember? I don't remember being unhappy at 10, 11, 12, 13. You know, I wasn't. You know, it was great. I was oblivious to everything yeah. at that age. How are you not a happy at age 10 to 15? But 16, of course, you're happy back in the day because you wanted to drive today. They don't care. Right. And then up to 70? 16 to 70. <laughs> wow. It says they found life satisfaction decreased between the ages of 9 and 16, then increased slightly until age 70, then decreased once again, until the age of 96. <laughs> well, I guess I'll be dead soon. <laughs> Is that what you're thinking? Why makes you happy again at 96? <sighs> and then they said uh, fluctuated slightly between the ages of 9 and 22, then declined until age 60, then increased once again. 
<laughs> nine nine years old seems to be the age where you just boink, it just evidently you go nuts. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't know why they say nine years old. So someone we got a text. Okay. Don't you remember hormones kick in around age ten? Do they? And then you're up and down emotionally. Is that what it is? I guess so. Which that that's a fair point. <laughs> I mean that is but I, I mean, I'm telling you, man. I'm playing I re- Little League. I'm, you know, <laughs> things are great. <laughs> I'm okay. telling you, I, I remember being that age. I think, and I don't remember being all. Oh, I'll tell you what, this Reaganomics really got me down. <laughs> and maybe I was fortunate, you know, because I didn't have acne problems, and you know, I didn't yeah. go through. Yeah. My voice, I don't know when it changed. I never went through. Eh, I didn't. That, either. Yeah. You know. And it's just all of a sudden, there's that first hair in my chin. You know, you remember your first facial hair? Do you? It's like I got up one day. I don't know how old I was. And there's this long hair on my. How'd it get that long? It like grows that fast overnight. How'd that happen? Hormones. Hormones. See, Dale, your body was changing. (laughs) And see, when your body changes, it. And then you start getting hair everywhere. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I suppose I was, I don't know, nine and a half when I first had that. <laughs> Dale's shaven by these sides. Buying beer at 13. No wonder why I wasn't unhappy. <laughs> it was a good life. Uh, yeah. Little League games. Uh, we got done. We popped a few. <laughs> Went to Troy's house, played some pool. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. So uh, there you go, some tidbits <laughs> on this hump day Wednesday. How, how does that happen, though? I, I don't know, man. Do you remember that as a kid? Um, Your first whisker? You know, you know why like, I don't? I honestly don't. <laughs> it's like there, there it is, and it's like it's like two and a half inches long. It's like, and it wasn't there when you went to bed. <laughs> okay, it's. But to be fair, guys, especially guys, are not that observant. So it may have been going for a while, and then you finally just noticed it. So what would you end up with, like a tumbleweed on your chin before you noticed? I mean, come on now. I honestly I honestly don't remember. You don't remember when you started shaving? No. At all? It no. wasn't a big deal? No. Did your old man have a cup with the, you know, the soap in it and a softy brush you stirred around on it? They have one of those. Dad had a beard, so um, I mean he would he would shave his neck. And yeah, stuff, like electric. I don't recall him teaching me. Okay, how to See, shave? I didn't. You know, I didn't. You know that that all that stuff. No, birds and the beast. What? <laughs> Here we go. And the therapy time again for me. And Dale. <laughs> None of that for us. No. Okay. Nope. So anyway, there we are. look at the time again. Oh my gosh! Tardy every day. Every this day. Week. What's that all about? I don't know. Man. What are we doing? Too much yakking. <laughs> Not enough track. <laughs> you've got some stuff to give away because you, you've got a lot of stuff. I have a to lot give of away. stuff. A short gotta, time to do it. I know. I got to get on it. You better get over there. All right. See you later. See ya. This has been Tidbits with Dale Lau and Matthew Paul. We appreciate you listening, and we ask that you consider subscribing, leave a comment, leave a like, and thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you again next time on Tidbits.